Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. You are listening to the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I am joined in the studio with Gunners Tan, Dave Seagar, Chris Howard and Jim Harriet. Lots for us to be talking about tonight. We're going to be talking, obviously, about the Brighton game last Thursday. The game streamed on Amazon Prime. Talking about the big match that is going on tonight. Arsenal taking on West Ham in a massive London derby. Some have billed it as a relegation 6.0. It isn't. Chris has already got his hand up. I've only just started my intro. I, I just want to know what's happened to your voice. <laughs> What's going on, mate? Are you all right? I don't know. No idea. I've got a little bit of a cold. Maybe I'm trying to be more manly. Who knows? I, I can only apologise, Chris. Uh, I'll, I'll try to get it back uh, in the show. I was, I was trying to impress you. Clearly, it hasn't worked. Uh, just just to be amongst you men, talking about Arsenal is always de- a delight. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. We are talking about the West Ham game at 8 o'clock. It is a massive game. The team news has just come out. We'll get uh, across that in just a second. But we're going to be talking about Freddie, the players. Did they let Emery down uh, uh, and should you be given a chance, then we will look towards the game on the weekend. The big one it is City. But the game that really matters is the one tonight. It is West Ham. And the team news, Dave, has just came out. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I don't think any of us are going to complain at that. If we don't win with this team or we don't perform Let's well... Let's give it a go. Let's give we it don't, we don't go. perform well with this team, then we've got questions to be asked. I mean, most of the players who people were thinking, getting a little bit fed up with him, he's not performing for the manager, you know, like Luiz, like, like Lacassette, they're out. Everyone's wanted a Bamiyang back in. The only thing I'm intrigued by Sky's formation is they seem to have Martinelli up front and a Bamiyang the left. I really, I really hope that isn't the case. I really hope it's a Bamiyang through the middle and Martinelli playing from the left. But I think everyone will be pleased to see Pepe and Martinelli. What do you reckon, boys? Maybe they've just got an intern in to do the graphics or something. Well, they've got, they got West Ham's right. 4-4-2 as well, which I don't think it is. I think they're 4-2 Three one. I think they're matches. It is definitely a four two three one. Surely though, I mean, I can't see any other way in which we would line up. I mean, no. Martinelli or Bamiyang aside. Yeah, no, no definitely makes sense to me. Yeah, makes sense. There's a lot of changes though, Dave. You you mentioned that there could be a lot of changes tonight. There has been Chambers slots in at centre half. Bellerin's back. Tini gets the nod ahead of Kalasenac. Pepe starts. You know, Martinelli starts. Is this for you? one of the strongest lineups, or the, the lineup that you wanted to see? Then you feel like this is the one that we've been waiting for. Yeah, but with a couple of exceptions. I mean, certainly the formation, mm. you know, the four-two-three-one. I think we, if we're going to play Ozil, we have to play that formation. You know, if we're going to play Ozil, and we are, we had to play that formation. We've been playing him out wide a bit recently. It's never suited him. It doesn't bring the best out of him. And let's face it, if you can't get the best out of Ozil, then there's no point playing him. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. Uh, me and you uh, last week we we spoke a little bit about Guendouzi. You know, he hasn't been in the greatest run of form. We didn't think that he would be dropped. Certainly, wouldn't have been dropped under Unai. He has been dropped for this game. Maybe a little time for him to have a little respite and recovery. Well, I, th- I think it's not just Guendouzi. I think it's also if you look at Lacazette's last two performances too. So it feels like he's actually gone on a form sort of approach. You know, everyone's been crying out for Martinelli to play on the wings and. He starts tonight. And Pepe. Um, people have talked about Pepe, mm. and we looked a lot better when he came on at half-time, I thought. Um, Aubameyang through the centre. It feels like he's actually gone for form players and playing in natural positions. Who would have thought that? Yeah, I also think he's gone for um, he's gone for some pace on, on the counter, which I think we've really lacked yeah. recently. I mean, I know confidence is a huge part as well, but we've looked quite slow and pedestrian, and I think with Martinelli and, uh, and Pepe, um, we've got a bit more speed, and maybe we can um, we can you know 
make that count. That's I think obviously he's not going to. The defence has had its problems for a long, long time, and mm. uh, and he's you know one way to win it for us is uh, is to accentuate the 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 attacking side of it, which uh, which looks like he's doing. Yeah, well, go all in. Go yeah, all in Yang, the I mean, if you're going to whip the ball, you know, back across from 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 the byline, we've got two players who can do that, and Aubameyang feeds off that. So does Lacazette, but I think we if we're going to play four two three one. I think everyone's actually. So let's make a bold decision and drop one of the two strikers. The thing mm. is as well, so West Ham, the, imp- the impetus is on them, on their home ground to actually come out a little bit more. So if they're going to push their fullbacks forward, if they're going to play a more of a... I feel like they play either a... I think they play a 4-1-1 four, four, one, one in their previous match. So maybe they are going 4-4-2. Four, four, but if they push their, their fullbacks forward, if there's space out wide for rapid uh, wingers, then maybe we can profit from that. Yeah. Mm. Well, West Ham following suit, uh, they've dropped their record signing, their summer transfer. Sebastian Eller, he is not playing, he's not starting. He's someone that's fallen out of favour in the last couple of games. Dave, we sp- we've spoken about Arsenal's lineup tonight. West Ham are in a run of, uh, similar run of form themselves, can't get a win. They did beat Chelsea nine days ago, sort of papered over the cracks somewhat for them. They're on a really poor run of form. What can you expect from West Ham tonight? Well, I think the big difference for them is is having Mikel Antonio back in the side because mm. he's a bit of a talisman. He's, he just runs all day and he's just he's, he's a handful to play against. So I'd be worried that he's in the team. Halle, I feel sorry for because he's obviously a good player. We saw that all last year for Frankfurt. But he's he, he's he's a target man. He's getting up. He's flicking it on. And there's been absolutely nobody no in service. West Ham taking a chance. Well, no, no, no one running beyond. There's no one running beyond for his flick-ons and his you know hold-up play. So, yeah, this is probably the best they can do. I'm quite relieved that Anderson's not been anywhere near the player he was last season as well. I mean, I'm not, I'll probably say that and he'll have a great game tonight, but he's definitely been playing below par this season. No, the West, uh, I know the West Ham fans today agree with you. They've been talking, they've wanted Anderson to be dropped for ages. Jim, it is a massive game tonight. It feels weird to say, oh, it's a huge game. I know loads of jokes have been made, you know, even from Arsenal fans themselves, relegation 6-pointer, it is a London <laughs> derby. But it is true. How much, how vital is it that Arsenal get this three points tonight? Well, it's a, it is massively important because not not just because we haven't won for so long, and actually Freddie Lundberg, you know, if he's got any um, designs on the job, um, then he, you know, he needs to start pulling some performances out of the hat himself. But our run of our results or the fixtures coming after this are very very tricky. So if we don't get you know, anything out of tonight, then it's going to look pretty bleak, or, or at least very tricky for us um, with the confidence that we clearly don't have. So it's uh, all, all sorts of things hinge on this, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. No wins in 60 days. We have got tougher fixtures on the horizon. Man City on the weekend. But they've been struggling a little bit, if I can say that themselves. Chris, let's talk about uh, the Brighton game then, because obviously a huge... Um, <laughs> we, we don't have to. We can, we can gloss over it. Yeah, we God, can pretend it, it never happened. Rip that band-aid But off. Jim just mentioned there that uh, if Freddie has got a, you know, uh, a desire for the job, you know, it's all about team selection. It's all about results. Not the best selection on Thursday against Brighton. What went wrong for you? Do you know, the more I think about it and the more that I see tonight's lineup, I just wonder if actually he was trying some form of rotation between the Norwich game and the Brighton game, almost treating it like we've been doing with the Europa League because we have been rotating Thursday to Sunday. So that's kind of a bit speculative, but I just wonder because this team feels like the right sort of balance to it and you almost think, why wouldn't you do that at home to Brighton? You know, he had the opportunity there to do that, and he he picked a very Unai Emery looking side, I think, I think, and we got an Unai Emery looking result. I think there was a degree of, uh, obviously, he has players that he's he feels very attached to and feels he trusts, and Willock is one of those players, and I think he wanted to trust Willock, and it hasn't worked. Mm. And no place on the bench, Dave. Either well, tonight. he's made some comments about he's tried to go with what he thought and what you know to, to degree of continuity, but. 
he's, he's more so made, we need to go with experience now we're now in a situation where experience counts so he's obviously decided that there are not many well there are no youngsters really I mean I suppose you can call Tierney a youngster but it's Martinelli. not Martinelli well Martinelli but Martinelli's been he's risen to every challenge that's been placed in front of him so yeah, yeah, I think these but also he's not in a defensive or a midfield role he's a bit you know these kind of games are really tricky for young players because um, if you're in a team that's winning, that's doing well and performing, then it's a great time to blood players. But when you're really struggling, when all they're all really struggling, the kind of experienced ones too, then you know it's tough, really tough. So it's not it's not such a bad thing to take them out of the firing line. I think the problem for Willett was he was taken out of the firing line when he was playing well at the beginning of the season. The team were playing better. Then he was taken out. You know, the first mm. two or three games he played. He played central midfield. He played at ten in Newcastle, Burnley. He played well in both games. Probably one of our better players. And then he was rested mm-hmm. for a while. I think if he was going to carry on in the team, maybe it might have been a different story. But to be taken in and out when you're a young player and starting games as well, rather than coming off the bench, it's tough. We've well, done this for years, though, haven't we? Like so many times, there's instances, and I think Awobi is an example of it. A player comes in. I mean, this isn't the case with Willock, but a player comes in, gets overplayed the confidence just gets shot through the floor and then when they end up getting chewed up and spat out. I don't know. Is well, let's talk case? about that because you mentioned the selection might have been wrong, the substitutions people weren't happy with on Thursday night. But Freddie Lumber come out afterwards, Dave, and said the, the, the confidence at the minute is absolutely on the floor. What can we expect? We can't expect performances when at the minute we just need to get the confidence back. How do we go about doing uh, well, this, I think, I think the other thing he said is, which I hadn't really picked up on, and I'm sure most fans hadn't, was obviously because because of the after Unai, Unai disappeared, he gave him two days off and he went off yeah. to Spain. So the team hadn't trained and, and Lundberg's actually had two full training sessions because he said that he's only had one training session because after Thursday they didn't obviously train Friday, Saturday and he's only had them you know so he's I think Sunday training or today so it's, he, all his confidence building has been done verbally he's not actually been able to do any work on the training ground or enough work so Could, maybe if we get a result tonight and then he's got a proper run up until the weekend where he's getting having training three or four you know sessions maybe we'll see a difference I think there's something in that oh, can I just chuck the Thanks, Duncan Chris. Ferguson <laughs> elephant in the room in, in that he had no training whatsoever with his Everton players at the weekend and they turned around an absolute blinding result. So well, he's trained with them every day, though. I mean, so he's been the first team. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well. that, that's why they gave him the partly the, why they gave him the job on the interim basis because he's been in, in and around the players all this training I, I understand what you mean they go well he's been there you know he was Unai's number two this season he's been a, on the training that a, pitch that was a complete he played dogs of war formation he played 4-4-2 you know we haven't done that we haven't we haven't put in two banks of discipline four and played mm. like Everton played Everton you're lucky if you see five or six tackles in a game in the Premier League do you know I mean you know, but that there was 37 tackles made by Everton players. That's a record in the Premier League over the last 10 years. Mm. They, they were, were, they were dogs of war. Arsenal never play like that. You can't change that in a no, couple I of think days. Some of our problems go back so long. I mean, I know Everton's do to a degree as well, but our problems go back such a long way that I, I think, you know, I know we're an impatient bunch and, and God knows we are, but um, they go back <laughs> such a long way, our problems, that I think you know, to ask him to fix them in this short period of time, in two, two games, it's... it's you know, we just need to you know give him a little bit of time. Yeah, yeah. and Lundberg's been a first team coach this season. Duncan Ferguson has been there about since 2011, I think, on the staff. I mean, it's not. Yeah, okay. you know, He's been in and around that team a long time, and they all love him, obviously. They do all love him. Jim, you mentioned, you know, we need to have a little bit of patience. Obviously, fans are so fickle, you know, in, in all sports and all teams. But straight after those two games, people are like, Lundberg, you know, he hasn't got the makings. Why do some fans, even if it is a small minority, say Lundberg's not the man, he's not the man, when it has been two games? Because that's the way it, that's the way it works, isn't it? And uh, we've all got platforms that we can say what we think, and that's fine. You know, that's the way it is. But I think if you... 
you know, that that would be one extreme end of the of the spectrum of what people think. And I think on the other end, you might get people to say, I'll give him till the end of the season. I think the rump of Arsenal fans realise that it's a tricky job. Give him you know, in, in a decent wedge of time. And I think... Um, uh, and he should, I'm not, I don't necessarily think he's going to get the job, don't get me wrong, but I, d- I don't think you can even say anything against him, particularly after just two mm. games. He's just finding his feet. He's trying a few things out, like Chris said. Mm. Maybe it didn't quite work. Maybe he's realised that now. The lineup looks good tonight. And so, um, you know, it's just his third game. From you three, then, would you like him to get to the end of the season or would you want a fixed, permanent appointment sooner rather than later? Do you know, I almost don't really care who the human being is in charge. I just want to see a certain type of football and belief and belief to be reinstalled back into the players. So if that happens with Jungberg, great. If that happens with Vieira, great. If that means they have to get Ancelotti, I don't really... I'm not really that wedded to individuals. I know I said last week I'd love to see Nagelman, but that's just more because I've seen briefly his style of play. I quite like it. So I think, actually, if you could translate that to Arsenal, then happy days. So for me, I think it's more about can he actually get the players playing into a system that we can all as fans and you've talked about this David lots this season start to actually enjoy going to watch Arsenal again because I haven't enjoyed it for a long time there's different types of fans I mean I think young we're all fans of a certain age me more of a certain age than these two but there are there are younger fans there there are younger (laughs) fans who are I hate to use the word entitled but we are a big club we deserve better. We deserve a top manager. And it's, they're not dealing with the reality of the situation right now. If Are they want, wrong, though? It, well, they, they're not wrong to want it, but they're wrong to believe it's a certainty. Because we are a big club, and a lot of managers will want to manage in London. But right now, it's a, it's a big ask for someone to come and turn this around in the short term. So it's not going to be an easy negotiation. It's not like Tottenham. I hate to say it, who were in the Champions League final a few months ago and have obviously got a core of good playing staff. You know, they, they went on a poor run. But this is a this is a basket case that's been going on for years, since long before even Wenger left. It's not a quick fix for someone. So it is not going to be a quick managerial change. I think it's gonna be a I think it is gonna be a period of time till we find the right person and the right person who's willing to take the job. Yeah, I think Dave's absolutely right, but how much patience and time are fans willing to give? We're gonna be having a discussion in the new coach and seeing how much if the board are they looking to work on the cheap. Love sports. You are listening to the Arsenal Fan Show and Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joining the studio with Gunners Tan, Dave Seeger, Chris Howard and Jim Harriot. We were just having a discussion about who the new man could be, who we may want. Well, let's have a discussion now on the coach because obviously we're hearing that maybe the ball don't have as much money as fans believe they have, Chris. Yeah, first of all, good evening. <laughs> good evening. Um, I, yeah... I mean, we were talking about the Swiss Ramble um, accounts or what the, he does a very good analysis of financially the state that Arsenal are in. And I use the word state <laughs> with definite double meaning there. Um, and because we're in such free fall, as you were saying, if we don't get if we don't even get Europa League football, it's going to it could look very, very dire. And what's more depressing is the the thought process that we haven't got an ownership that will say, well, we've got to speculate to accumulate here. They will just say. No, no, we'll you know your self-funding. We're not going to put any money in. And if we if we drop out of the Europa League, then it feels like there would need to be some kind of an external injection to get Arsenal going back in the right direction. Well, you say that, but then look at Leicester when they had no European football. Mm. Look at Chelsea when yeah, they had no I'm European football. Would Arsenal benefit look, look, from a year out, Dave? <laughs> not obviously if, financially. If, if we have the confidence in our youth that I think we should have, 
then it's possible. I think if we, if we can keep if we can keep the core of the good experienced players, or in some cases make them stay, maybe, and blend it with the youth, then it could be quite exciting. But no one wants that, obviously. I mean, I think what you, you do, what every big club who or what every club that hasn't got a sugar daddy does, is that you um, cut your cloth, accord- cloth accordingly and you sell one or two of your players. And you know, if that means moving on to Bamiyang for seventy million in the summer, then that's what you've got to do. Mm. And that's the way you balance the book. So I'm not saying I wouldn't particularly want an owner who just piles billions in because no. that's got its own problems too. And you know. Uh, Clubs like Liverpool and, and Spurs, they don't do it that way. And uh, it's more about good management and good husbandry. And that's what I think you know, it's much more important. Which we haven't really had much of, which is one of the biggest <laughs> issues at the moment, isn't it, really? Well, that is one of the big problems. And also, you have to remember financial fair play. But how much, obviously, are the board playing their part in this as well, Chris? Um, the board, as in Raul and uh, Edu. And I think Edu None seems to be... None of them are on the board, are they? Well, yeah, the, yeah. the board doesn't even That's seem to exist, problem. does it? It's Josh <laughs> and The front Stan office, and... yeah, the, 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 the team. Yeah, so the, the, the football team. I think a lot of people seem to be labelling Edu with the same... They're tarring Edu with this same brush that Raul... Like, there seems to have been a turning of uh, sentiment like away from Sanyehi. Um, over the last few weeks as Unai Emery hasn't been sacked, which I can understand and I agree with. But people have also been lumping it. I've seen people lump Edu in with this and I'm a bit like, well, hold on a second, he's only been here five minutes. He's had no chance to impact, really, you know, his his approach, his Well, if he got us Martinelli, philosophy. he's done a good job so far. <laughs> yeah, so I think, yeah. is this is this on Raul? Possibly. I mean, he was a bit... Um, you know, everyone loved him in the summer, but all of a sudden he's been a little bit hesitant to pull the trigger on a manager that was clearly failing. That's personally, I think that's the only thing that he's really done. Well, I think so the revelations far. from the Emery camp today have been interesting, now, haven't they? I, don't, I haven't seen that. Oh, what he basically it? said that he wanted Saha and oh, Raul okay. when he got Pepe. He wanted Partey and they signed whoever they signed, say by us, or, and, and no one he wanted, he got basically. He didn't you, want Louise. Is that so great, Dave? Or is that true? You, what do you think? Well, just your own personal opinion. No one will know, obviously. I think it's a degree of sour grapes and him trying to sort of distance himself from the failure so he can get another job, probably. All, people, all men want to leave, you know, leave some kind of a legacy behind them, don't they? And I think that's him trying to leave a little bit of a legacy. Uh, I think... Um, yeah, it's you know he 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 didn't get those. I th- I think what you're saying about blaming Raúl and and Edu, it is true. But everyone's been sort of trying to point a Gatling gun and blame at people, and that's that's because we're doing badly. And you know it's really hard to know whether how much how culpable they are. But what they probably could do a bit better, certainly with Edu, is is actually a little bit of better communication what what he's doing, because mm. um, uh, you know. We, we can't assume he's doing a bad job at all. We don't. We just don't really know what well, he's doing. Well, if he's director of football, he probably shouldn't necessarily be involved in any decisions on the managers. He should be involved in scouting and decisions on players, shouldn't he? And start and playing style. Yeah, I'm not. Whereas Raúl should be doing the the scouting I'm for managers and coaches. I'm not 100 sure. I'm sure there's been some interviews describing what Edu does, but I'm just again it goes back to well, the press today. Have we been, don't really the know. reason the Twitter and social media have turned a little bit in Edu is because the press are saying it's <laughs> Edu's been you know, he's pushing for for his mate Patrick Vieira to get the job and that's why oh we don't want that yeah. mm. just because he's his mate Dave what if what if Unai was telling the truth and he really wanted Zaha and he didn't want Pepe because before in the summer we're hearing Unai really wants Zaha well, he's he the, the number one target yeah, he's the number yeah. one and now we say oh you know it's a bit of sour grapes what if Unai is telling the truth and maybe you know this is part of the problem that we bring in someone and they're not signing the players that he wants for well, the identity of his team that, that, obviously Zaha had a lot going in, in, mm. in that he would hit the ground running no question He's an Arsenal fan. He's proven in the Premier League. He's much stronger physically than Pepe with a similar, you know, position on the pitch. 
I think the thing was the club is because they've been they've been slighted and, and damaged by previous bad management. They're just desperate to bring in younger players with a bigger sell-on value. That's the difference. Pepe's, what, 22 or 21 or whatever, and, and Saha's 26, 27. Yeah. And they're just thinking, similar sort of players, same money, one's got a great sell-on value, one hasn't. So you can sympathise with the decision-making, but Emery, obviously his challenge is to produce on the pitch. So you've got different objectives there, haven't you? I think what they did is they said, all right, Unai, here's your window, January 2019, what are you going to do? Denis Suarez, and they said, no, that's it, you've had your chance, you don't get any more say in any signing. I forgot about him. Yeah. I think, well, yeah, it could almost be that kind of whole, it should have got Zaha thing, it's a little bit of a red herring, because would, would Emery have done any better with Zaha? I mean, the rest of the team is not, and was not functioning. So maybe Zaha would have struggled in the same way that, maybe not quite as much, mm. but it, you know, I, I'm not saying he would have, he could hardly have lifted the whole team up and fixed it all himself. I think that would have been unrealistic. But I think the question is, it is, it is tricky if the manager doesn't sign the players because Rodgers said that uh, Arsenal were after Tierney since late 2015, 2016. So it's another one that Unai, it's not like Unai coming and went, we must get Kieran Tierney. You know, yeah. these are signings that are fought a long way before that. But that's kind of, isn't that kind of the structure that Arsenal have been trying to build, which is this idea that the coaching stuff that the coach is a bit more interchangeable it's almost a bit like this Barcelona type approach you know, ha, ha, mm. not that we have the same success but that's but maybe that's that... the approach that's not working well that Chris. was why that was why people I was quite relaxed uh, when we were linked to Yergi Lowe because we always never managed to because, no we're not that's not the structure now we're bringing a coach in mm. everyone else is dealing with who, which players and everything he just has to coach and so yeah, yeah you're right that is exactly what is supposed mm. to be the case. It is supposed to be, but at the minute, everyone, you know, we, we, even Gary Neville on Sky Sports said the problem at Arsenal has been the recruitment, is, you know, and it, it, you can't get the, the players to perform when the recruitment's not been good enough. I don't think. I don't think this squad's as bad as it's been as made bad out. As it's been made out. Yeah, I think I the attitude's quite bad. I don't think the ability's that bad. No, that's I fair. think the problem's been twofold. It's been changing formational and tactics all the time, and picking players in wrong positions. And a lack of communication. But I just think, we've said this every week on this show, nobody knows what he's trying to do. Mm. You know, and, and at the moment, nobody knows what Freddie's trying to do. Maybe we'll find out tonight. But I, I, the whole thing about the big, it's got to be a big manager, it's got to be a big name, you've got to go out and break the bank. You know, I'm with Jim on that. I just don't think we know. You know, I'll I tell mm. you sir, something. I don't think there's a single player in that squad who would stand up to Patrick Vieira on the training pitch. I don't care how successful he's been at Nice. You know, he, you know, I, I have no issue if it's Patrick Vieira, and I'm not really. I'm not okay, gonna, well, I'm just not going to judge it. You know, he's going to give the fans a lift. You know, he's he's had a degree of success. He's managed at two clubs. He's not like Arteta. And if that's the budget we've got, then that's the budget we've got. I just don't think players would have the same. I don't think they'd be be able to bully Patrick Vieira put it that do you, way do you know who he strikes me like you know when you're at school and you've got that teacher that is just really normally like a Welsh PE teacher who's really really quiet and they're so quiet it's public, scary public school like scary quiet <laughs> that's what Patrick Vieira sounds like to me he's like so so quiet and softly spoken that you I would love to know what he's like on the training ground yeah. because yeah we all saw he, uh, he's uh, not softly spoken is he on the training ground I would imagine well he was softly spoken off it and then he'd get on the pitch and he'd be like you know, a, a switch had been Pressed, but um, yeah, I'd love to know what his, um, you know, how whether he kind of commands respect in the same way that, or fear in the same way that someone like George <laughs> Graham did, or whether it's a bit more collegiate like Arsene Wenger. Well, like, it'd be hard to, it'd be hard not to get excited with with a with a with a dugout that included Freddie, Gilberto, Perez, and Patrick Vieira, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd course. be hard not from to be excited s- for at least a few yeah. weeks. <laughs> yeah, for, for a bit of Arsenal romance, but you know, yeah. we want the longer vision in that. I know you wouldn't mind if it was Patrick Vieira. Obviously, Chris said who he would like last week. Who would you like if if you could have anyone, Dave? 
if there honestly, is such a name honestly, out there. Honestly, I've no idea. No? Genuinely? I really, I really don't because I have this... I have this complete phobia of, of bringing managers that have been successful elsewhere and expecting yeah. them to be successful. I just don't think you've, don't think there's a magic formula here. We, we talked about, I talked about Koeman as a really good example. I mean, I wanted Koeman when he left Southampton. Mm. I think most Arsenal fans would have taken Koeman. He went to Everton and as an, a mitigated disaster, then went to Holland. He's now doing so well that Barcelona want him as their net coach. Next yeah, time. And yet, strange. England fans, oh, England for English Premier League fans, oh, Koeman, disaster, disaster, rubbish manager. You just don't know. So mm. I just, I mean, Benitez, no interest for me. Angelotti, too old. A lot of the names, Nagelsham, Mark, can take that. He's, he's too he, old, Angelotti, really? Yeah, he's, he's, you do all of his training methods at Bayern Munich. The players wouldn't even get on the training pitch. He was so boring and antiquated in his training methods. I don't want that. I'm a bit like Dave. I veer from one thing to the other. One part of me thinks, oh, it'd be great to get someone fresh like Arteta in because it's new ideas. It's a, And the other part of me thinks... This squad is very hard to manage, lots of big egos. Yeah. And I think someone like Simeone could come in and, and really kick him up the arse. And Frank, you know, maybe that's what they need. But then I changed my mind again the next day. So it's, it's mm. like, Well, if you were going to do that, maybe a Simeone... I think the stipulation has to be here that Freddie stays. If it isn't Freddie... Because we have this thing in football where everybody brings their team with them. And that was the problem. Apparently, that's why they wouldn't take Arteta on because he didn't have a team to bring with him. He didn't have a coaching staff. You know, they wanted him, but he didn't have an entourage. Well, maybe, maybe it is time to say, look, you know, bring bring someone in. But you keep Chelsea did it for years. Ray Wilkins and and Clark were you know, had all the same coaches there. The managers changed. It doesn't have to be that way. So why not say Freddie's staying as first team coach? He's going to learn under someone experienced. Maybe do it that way. That's where Arteta works because if he still hasn't got a team, then well, we already got a team, and actually, it's ex-players like you, and you've all got you've all got the same kind of background. So yeah. it's also a hell of a lot cheaper to sack him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you haven't got six staff also on pretty good wages. I mean, yeah. I think uh, you know you, your uh, severance package goes from some millions to a significant number well, of millions. That's what yeah. happened when Benitez left, left Liverpool because everybody from the first team down to the under 11s coach in the academy was he bought in. Everyone all the way mm. down, sack Steve Highway and all the Liverpool players. Everyone went, so the whole of the academy was Spanish. Is there a worry that obviously Freddie has a, an extended run as first team manager and he really wants the job and he and he doesn't get it and he feels like this is what I want to do? That he then says I don't want to stay on and go back to being a number two when I've been number one for uh, X amount of time. Well, it depends what the deal is. If the deal is we're bringing in a senior manager who's got, mm. who's got an eighteen month contract and you're learning from him, then I'm sure he'd be very happy with that. He's very obviously happy to learn. He went with he left a good position at Arsenal to follow Vim Yonkers to go and be assistant manager at Wolfsburg. He was happy to leave Arsenal to go and get experience in, in the Bundesliga. So I think he's an ambitious guy. I think he's got to be That's realistic the problem, as well, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, if he is ambitious and he gets another chance to be a first team manager somewhere else after experiencing having that first taste, will he want to go back to being number two? Well, maybe because he well, wouldn't have expected to get a job games. like that not this this early. I think it came by kind of happenstance rather than um, yeah. a clear sort of a traje- tra- trajectory. So, mm. I, you know, I suspect that he would be happy to do it for a bit longer. But yeah, you're right. I mean, in the end, he's going to want a job like that where, where that is. If it's not Arsenal, well, we don't really know, do we? Yeah, he's going to want the experience sooner rather than later. What do you think? Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 70 20 558. Let us know who you think Arsenal's man should be. Love sports.
You are listening to the Arsenal Fan Show and Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with Gunners Tan, Dave Seeger, Chris Howard and Jim Harriet. We were just talking about Arsenal losing to Brighton and the new manager discussion of a new coach. Which way will Arsenal go? Well, there has been a little bit of news, Dave, and we may get a name, possibly, maybe. We never know with rumours, but we could get one sooner, much sooner than maybe well, we all like, expected. Yeah, no, I was just reading that Guillaume Balaguer said that Marcelino's certainly in London to talk to perhaps representatives from Everton and Arsenal. Uh, he does feel, however, that Arsenal's preferred route is to go for a former player and he expects both clubs to make announcements this week. So <laughs> this week is, well, before Man Monday, City. Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. Thursday, Friday. No, I'm thinking before, the, <laughs> before a big game is what yeah. I'm thinking, Chris. You know, it's a big game, isn't it? <laughs> it is a big game and it's weird that they would maybe make that change before that game. Dave, I knew what you meant. Don't, don't, don't worry about it's it. Right. Uh, He's Chris, just getting his own back. Yeah, he, he gets like that at times, Chris. Um, we have to talk though because if, so it's sort of, you know, maybe not Freddie, they know whatever way this goes with Freddie, you know, he isn't the man, you know, even if he does win tonight and he goes on this run, they, they are looking at permanent options and maybe he's not in the running or, or maybe Maybe he is that former player. Well, yeah, that technically is a thing, isn't it? Mm. Um, do you know what's interesting? I wonder what would have happened. It's hindsight and I guess irrelevant, but if he'd have got two wins out of two, would would they would completely. it all be mm. completely different now? Would people be clamouring for him to take the job full time? Would they still be make, making a decision this week? Doubtful. Mm. I think, yeah, because that Brighton game at home and we didn't get that so-called new manager bounce and they wasn't lifted and it was very much a new night performance. I, I just had the slightest feeling that even if we do go on this run, we beat West Ham, we get something against City, I just thought Freddie won't get the job now because of that start in that Brighton game. Just on that, I know that's ridiculous, I, I was, two, two games. What really surprised me was I was really looking forward to the Brighton game. Mm. I was expecting you know 57,000 people singing Freddie's name from about half hour before kickoff. Yeah, it just didn't happen. I was really anticipating because you guys were there. How many people were actually there in the stadium? I'd say it was over. It was late forties, early fifties. It was was pretty. I'd say it's more than. I'd say the the upper tier had a a few sort of uh, spotted bits where there wasn't anyone there. But which I did, I found it a bit odd as well. But but it was. I mean, even Norwich, you had a good round of you know, we love you, Freddie. There was nothing. Why was that that, though? I really don't get it. I don't know either. Maybe it was a Thursday, eighth Thursday night. I don't really know. But uh, yeah, it was a bit odd. Maybe. it's that sort of run up to Christmas thing. I I, I expected a bit more. I but do. is it is this just because you know a bigger indictment of you know a lot of fans like yourself? You're not looking forward to it anymore, even if it is Freddie falling out of love and something more drastic, bigger needs to happen than just you know a brilliant former player coming in at the helm. And is it just because it's an interim appointment as well? And so everyone's like, it's not the actual new manager, so he could be gone within a week or not not running the team. I think so much of it is really down to performances, and and I, I think had we won the Norwich game, and then you know it, it is, I think people are a bit flat and a bit browbeaten because it's been quite bad for quite a long time, and like mm. you said earlier on, it's been quite dull to watch for a long time. Certainly back in the last season and, and mm. all of this season, it's it's not been exciting football, and I think it's all sort of cumulative in that respect. Yeah, I think I, I was on I was on a guest on one of the other shows this week, and I likened it to the early '80s when you had a collective of very very all. good very very good players. Mm. You, know, you, you had top internationals like Woodcock and Mariner and Sampson and Viv Anderson and you know Brian Talbot, Peter Nicholas. These were all international footballers, and yet we weren't a team. You know, just we just weren't a team, and that's what this feels like. I mean, I you know, I there's no, with no disrespect to Norwich, they've got some great young players, and Brighton playing very well. Both 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 teams are teams playing as teams, beating mm. eleven players who aren't playing as a team. That's as simple as that. Yeah, well, uh, and and that's the job of the coach. 
And well, that's why it's so important. Brighton, 17 games against the top six. They have four points, one win against Arsenal, one draw against Arsenal in those 17 games <laughs> against the top six. Playing, one cost us Europe and one, <laughs> one, one, yeah. one might cost us relegation. Yeah, <laughs> playing as a team against someone that's not a team. Chris, we mentioned about, you know, chances of top four. I gave you that stat, that percentage ages ago. I think it's come down quite it's a way. It's probably 0.04 It's now, come down it? uh, somewhat since then. But after the game and in the lead up to this game of West Ham tonight, Freddie said we still have a good chance of making the top four. Yeah, if we win every single one of our next games, <laughs> then I'm sure we've got a shout. Well, but. you say that, but then, you know, Chelsea That's lost it, two Dave. out of the last three. Spurs lost one against Man United. You know, Man United have put about one, two back-to-back. Before that, they lost three. That's There's no one. Put, the Wolves are the team that are putting a run together. Mm. You know, really. Eleven games unbeaten. It's... Um, yeah, it's, that's their best record since winning the league in the fifties. Mm. Now that's unbelievable. They are. <laughs> that's the manager that suddenly, you know, he ruled himself out, didn't he? I think that would have been an exciting appointment. You know, Spirit of Santos. I was genuinely quite excited by that. I think. Mm, obviously, good the links. But going have. back to what we were saying about the mm, former player from Balagay, I was just trying to look up and I can't find it, it quickly. But I don't know who Patrick Vieira's staff are at Nice, because he he played with Freddie from. 1998 through till 2005 so they're obviously good friends one would assume uh, and if Freddie's already there and, and, and Vieira is the name that they're looking for as a former player then maybe that's maybe that's what they're looking at mm, it does excite me if, if <laughs> you can't Vieira. help it a little you bit can't. imagine if they made I've just thought we play Man City the weekend imagine if they actually made an appointment this week and it is Arteta or Vieira going rice up against his old team what's well, so Vieira yeah, yeah. Vieira would be going up against or, his old team yeah, as well if both. he came to Arsenal. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> It'd be a tricky one though, wouldn't it, in a way? If you hire Arteta in um, uh, at the expense of Freddie, obviously, mm. neither of them have ever managed or had ever managed a, a football game. Yeah. Arteta, his, you know, his star appears to be on the rise um, purely because he's sat next to Pep for three years. But he's got no experience. And, you know, uh, I'm not sure that how Freddie would take that. If That's Arteta what I mean. Came... Would he be slighted by that I think he probably yeah, maybe not slighted I think he'd be a bit miffed though wouldn't he I mean, of course yes, he would um, because if you come, if someone's coming in who's clearly more experienced than you and, and has a better, a better track record you'd hold your hands up and say fair, well, fair enough I've, I've only just come into this game but I'm not so sure perhaps, perhaps everyone's going to be surprised and the former Arsenal player who's at Man City who's coming to Arsenal is Brian Kidd mm, maybe <laughs> you never know <laughs> I can imagine you just never know <laughs> Nigel Winterburn <laughs> He's not a Man City, is he? No, I was just saying, <laughs> former player, it could be anyone. We literally never know who it's going to be. It is interesting, but if that's rumour is to be believed, Chris, because we, we just never know, because there, there's been numerous rumours over the last 10 days since Unai left. Yeah. Um, it, it gets a bit tiresome, doesn't it, really? I mean, it's like I said earlier, I'm not... The names, they're just names we need to get players' confidence. We need to get what did we talk about for 22 years yeah. when we never had this? Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> We're now so confused and bamboozled by it all after mm. basically 18 Wins. months of this. And yeah, yeah, we had 22 years and not having to worry about it. No, we still talked about the managers we should have appointed while we kept hold of England. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, quite true. Well, we're going to be looking more at that West Ham game next. Obviously, he's kicking off in 20 minutes. Arsenal, whoever the new man is, it's Freddie tonight, needing a big three points in the London derby. Love sports. You're listening to the Arsenal Fan Show and Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with Gunners Tan, Dave Seeger, Chris Howard and Jim Harriet. And there is still time to get in touch tonight and have your say. Get involved in tonight's show. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 7020 558. Well, we spoke about uh, a potential new man coming in, maybe as soon as this week. But let's talk about the players because, you know, the players, their attitude in the last few games. This is another thing. Did they let Unai down to a, to a certain degree, Dave? Well, I didn't really. 
I'd had a few beers before the game against Brighton, to be fair. No. And I, I didn't really pick up on this whole Aubameyang going off the pitch for a period of time and having a, and also both Lacazette and Guendouzi walked off with it, of course, which is what Shaka got booed for. And I, mm. I, it was all a bit of a blur to me. So, Jim, were you sober at the main match? Well, half. Yeah, no, I was. I was, I was <laughs> um, uh, the players, I think the players always have to take a, a, a certain degree of um, responsibility. I mean, it would be, otherwise you're just hiding behind the manager. I mean, they... It, you know, it may well be true that they didn't understand quite what he was asking, and I think we can probably say that that's true. But at the same time, yeah, some of the performances over the season haven't been good enough, and these are professionals at the top of their game who've been uh, in you know, winning winning uh, uh, matches and trophies in many respects all the way through their career, and they should uh, have the gumption to you know to to kind of um, maybe maybe not make huge changes, but they should they should they shouldn't let their heads go down in the way that some of them have. Yeah, there's been poor performances. I think there was, there's been some square pegs chucked in round holes as well. Like we were just talking off air about Torreira playing as a high pressing central midfielder, which we saw him at his best last season. About this time last season, where he was, you know, um, deep block, you know, defensive cover in front of the back four, which doesn't seem to exist at the moment. Um, so I think there's a bit a mixture of players being misused. But then also the confidence in that team just being through the floor. And then there's not the character of individuals to drag some of the others forward. I think that's probably an issue. We don't have a talismanic figure to say, come on, let, let's do this. And those players that are supposed to be that, the Urzils, because, well, you know, when you're paying a player that much money, you should get that. Or the Abamyangs, all right, he's got some goals, but is he as talismanic? There's, we don't have that. We're kind missing of, a leader. Yeah, it's yeah, also, I don't want to be like cliched and like every single sports pundit in the world saying Arsenal don't have leaders. Yeah, but if there's but, an element of truth in it, that we are we are missing that figure, Jim. I'm not so sure because like we, we back in '94, in the or '95, in the in the sort of fag end of George Graham's um, tenure, we had more leaders than we could shake a stick at, and we still weren't very good. So I, I do think the players you know, deserve to take some responsibility. But at the same time, you know, humans are humans and humans are, you know, they, they have moods up and down and, and collectively as we all do. And I think it's unrealistic to expect them to be any different to us. So, you know, they, I think they could have done more. But at the same time, sometimes, you know, it, there's bigger, there are bigger things at play in terms of the general mood of, of, of the place. And uh, I think it's not an easy place to be at the moment. I do think also the the revelation this week that Tierney's not been sort of rested because anything other than he's had other injuries that we didn't know about. I mean, it wasn't just his ankle; he's had shoulder problems, so he hasn't been able to play as full a part as we wanted. And obviously, the same has been said of Bellerin. So they're both. I think we all thought the team would look very different when those two were fully fit and, and firing. And as now we probably know that we actually haven't seen either of them fully fit and firing yet. Bellerin uh, and, definitely uh, against De- Bellerin's yeah. struggling. You know, um, he, yeah, I mean, he's, he's still a great player. Don't get me wrong, but if he's not fully fit and Tierney's not fully fit, then that's a problem for us. And, and if they're both playing tonight and they're past fully fit, let's see, because well, it could make quite a difference. Well, they are both playing tonight. Let's uh, let's preview that game slightly more, because we did obviously talk about the, the lineups when they were announced earlier. But how do we think this game is going to go? Where do we think uh, this game is going to be won and lost, Chris? Well, sorry to interrupt. I've just seen someone just tweeted that apparently Bellerin was injured in the warm-up, and so Ainsley Maitland-Niles is replacing him in the starting eleven for tonight. Well, so. <laughs> Dave, there, there you go. 
Mm. <laughs> Kiss of death for me there. But it, clearly, he's not fit this year. You know, we're waiting for that to be confirmed. Has uh, Sky changed it up there? We're not so sure. But yeah, it looks like they have. But we just can't get, you know, the two first choice centre wingbacks to, to start, Dave. Well, I'd rather, I mean, I would. I'm quite glad it's happened tonight. If You know, if I'm glad it's happened at all because yeah. it's, it's, it's happened with Chambers being picked at centre back. So he, 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 otherwise, if that was Louise, we again would have had Chambers at right back. Louise would have still been in the team. He's had his hand forced. So at least he's not taking Chambers out of where I think he should be playing. And I think his form has deserved him to have a shot. You know, I think he's deserved to be playing centre-back for quite some time. When he was playing right-back, there were a couple of games where actually I thought, you know, he's out of position. But I think he's probably been one of our most consistent players. So I he's agree. deserved a shot at centre-back. Yeah. And he's there. So Maitland-Niles comes in at right-back. Mm. And Maitland-Niles, he's, he's far from a disaster at right-back. It's not his position. I don't know what his ultimate position is going to be, but it's not a disaster. I, I think I'm say a small one. Sorry, go on, Jim. Oh, sorry, yeah. I, I was going to say, I, I totally agree with you. I, I think he um, struggled a bit at right-back. But then who hasn't struggled in this side this season? I think he's... I had a bit of a rough ride in terms of uh, people people assuming that he's absolutely terrible. He, he did say it wasn't really his position and some people kind of went on his back for that saying, oh, well, mm. but I, I, I think he's done all right. And I think he's he's very athletic. He's, you know, he, he's, um, I think I, I've got no problems with him coming in at right back, to be honest. No, nor have I. I'm a big Chambers fan. I, 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 I probably am in the minority, but I want him to get a, a chance to start a, as holding midfielder. I really believe that's his best position. That's where I want him to I want to get him a chance to start with holding. <laughs> yeah, well, it's another one we, we, we can't keep well, fit. Just, just somebody to be in that space um, mm. in front of our back four because, like, uh, watching it on TV last Thursday was genuinely depressing to see the amount of times where Brighton would pick the ball up in their defensive third and within two passes through the middle of the pitch be bearing down on our back four. It but was we're like so much better with Shaker in there. Everyone tells me. Yeah, but this is what I'm saying. So, Torreira was wasn't playing as a defensive no, midfielder no, no, and so we had this you know, Uruguayan sort of terrier who's playing further up the pitch and then you've got Xhaka who's supposed to cover all of that ground and it was just ridiculous. Well, so what... whether that's a Torreira, whether that's a Chambers in defence... Or David Luiz. Maybe David Luiz. It doesn't matter. Just let's put somebody in there to cover that space. Mm. It's interesting... Yeah, but... Sorry, Dave. So, but I think if David Luiz were there, he wouldn't... Or Chambers, they wouldn't start venturing up the pitch. Whereas Torreira... I know it's his position, I know we want him there, but this is the guy who scored the fourth goal against Tottenham in the North London derby. He, he always forayed up the pitch, but he just got back. <laughs> and into his position but I think Louise the way we are now Louise or Chambers would stay there mm. I was just it's a, you know, if you look at uh, take it centre back I think it's a really really interesting time for the players we've got because you know normally in a, in a kind of highly functioning side you've got a backup centre centre half who will wait for a couple of seasons to get Andy his, his sniff yeah exactly and suddenly you've got the situation now where if I was Chambers uh, and Holding uh, you'd think oh, I am in with such a good if I put you know if I get this right I'm in such a good chance now because um, the three other people that are nominally ahead of me in terms of uh, experience um, are not performing well. And, you know, they have, uh, again, Holding is injured, so th th it's a problem for him. But with someone like Chambers, it's actually the, the kind of chaos at Arsenal. He's probably having a great season. He probably doesn't mind. I think Mavropanos <laughs> is probably wondering what the hell he has yeah. to do. Yeah, well, I don't know. I haven't yeah. there either. Well, Maitland-Niles comes back in. It's his first start since September, Dave. Obviously, he came out after and said he doesn't want to play at right back, and he, he goes straight back into that position tonight. Well, you say that, but he also said, you know, Bellerin's got a fight on his hands when he's fit at the end of last season. Mm. So, you know. But then that's when he was playing wing back, I suppose, when we had three at the back. I don't think he likes playing in a, back, in a flat back four. The thing is, he hasn't Needs been playing must. at all, yeah. so he's probably now thinking, do you know what, I quite happily take right back right now, because he's had, what, a month, five, week, five weeks out of the first team, he's played Europa League, but... Yeah, absolutely, well, I don't know if this changes it now, obviously, maybe not the overall result for you, but how do you see this one playing out tonight, Dave? 
Well, I think as we'd always say, with a, t- a team low on confidence, whether it's us or West Ham, the first game, the first goal in this game is going to be absolutely critical. And if Arsenal get it, then I think we've got better players, and, and, and it's the right formation. I think this is a massive game for Mesut Özil. I think it's a massive game for Mesut Özil because there's no excuses now. He's got two wingers flying either side of him, and he's got a flying striker. He's got so much pace, as Jim said earlier. So if if they're running, if they're making the runs. This is this is his element. This is where he should be stepping up and saying, I'm still Mesut Ozil, I can still deliver a pass into space to find the timing of the run. That's what he did for so many years. He hasn't done it for two or three years. This is his chance. There's no excuses. He's got three speedsters working around him tonight. Yeah, no excuses. He has to shine tonight. Jim, how do you see this one playing out? Well, I won't lie. Like I really didn't expect us to get anything out of tonight um, earlier on today but with with every passing minute you got all excited oh look at me what a neat what a mug (laughs) oh it's it's, it's happened again Uh, but no we always exactly so I, I look at it now I look at the lineup and think oh do you know what I reckon we, yeah that's just Ainsley's put, in that, yeah that, <laughs> that's football in the mic 7-6 we're going to win it 7-6 oh, football in the microcosm isn't it yeah. so I, I mean, the there's short, always the next so game. Arsenal 5-0 the short <laughs> answer is we could win lose or draw <laughs> no I don't know I'm looking forward to it now I must say yeah Chris what about yourself 7-6 let's do it <laughs> Let's just go basketball because let's face it, we can't defend. So you've got someone with an engine like Ainsley Maitland-Niles at right back. I think Tierney's better going forward than he is going back. Let's literally just flood West Ham. And Thank then goodness they haven't got Super goals. Jack on the bench. Yeah. yeah. What West Ham are we expecting then? Because obviously the one that they've been in the last seven, eight games has been horrific. But then they found themselves really up for it against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Well, Dave. I, as I've said on a few occasions, certainly on the fans uh, forum show on Sundays, I'm still waiting to see which is the real Declan Rice. Is he as good as everyone has said he is? Because if he is, he should be at Arsenal in January, if he's that good. Huh? Honestly, the player we need is the one of the best defensive midfielders. I'm just not convinced yet. But when I saw him play for England recently, he looked like back to the player that was playing that well at the beginning of last season. He's got he's got 10 years ahead of him at a mm. top club. It isn't going to be West Ham. I'm sorry, West Ham fans, if you're listening, but it, that's what we need. So that's the one I'm interested in. Because he- now he's got Noble back alongside him. Suddenly... That's a solid yeah. pivot, isn't it? They were poor against Tottenham, but he yeah. was. To me, I watched that game well. I watched part of it, and as soon as it was Tottenham going that 3 nil up, I was like, that's me done. Um, but I've watched him, the last few times I've watched him, he's been the standout he best player He seems to be getting back team. to the form he was showing last season when he broke into the England side. Mm, I don't know. I'm not sold on Declan Rice yet. I know for England, but it's not against tough opposition, is it? What, tonight? No. (laughs) (laughs) Against (laughs) Arsenal, unbelievably. Right, well, let's get a score prediction. Uh, Chris, you can kick us off. 7-6. 7-6, genuinely. It's a tiebreaker. It's a (laughs) tiebreaker, yeah, unbelievable. (laughs) Worryingly, the last time, Chris, you've done this score prediction, me and you on a Monday night, it was Arsenal, Sheffield United, Arsenal were away, and uh, Dave, you... Yeah, yeah, I could see Chris, I could see him watching, and then Sheffield United scored, and he'd done it. That's what I was drunk on the the, phone from Sheffield. Yeah, then he walked out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he didn't even stay for the second half. Well, last time Chris and I went to watch a game straight from this, it was Watford at the end of last season. And I grueling. thought that we were so bad, but we won one nil, and I thought that was the game that was going to take us into the Champions League. How wrong can you be, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable, yeah. Jim. Depressing. What are you saying tonight? Oh, God, excited! I, this is the bit I don't. Like. Yeah, I am excited, and um, I think you know my my heart says we'll we'll nick a win, and my heart said my, my head says probably a draw. Three mm. one, three one to the Arsenal. We've got a really good record against West Ham. Come on, 
I hope so. And be just very be quick, more Dave. Yeah, <laughs> be, be more, more Dave. Dave. Yeah, <laughs> if only you could be more Dave in life. Well, it is City on the weekend. What do you think of that one? Obviously, we don't know how tonight's going to go, but it's a massive game on Sunday, Dave. Well, I would like to think that we go 4-2-3-1 tonight and whatever the result, we play proper football, we see the signs of something and he sticks mm. with it the weekend at home against Man City and goes for it. What, what choice does he have? So uh, they're not playing well. They really are not playing well for City. They are low on confidence, ridiculously enough. And I think Pep will make quite a few changes. Yeah, and unbelievably, they can be uh, caught on the counter-attack. They're having defensive problems of their own, Chris. Mm. Well, we've got standard Liège as well on Thursday, which yeah, um, we've forgot all forgotten about, about, about that. that. But, uh, uh, you know, does he rotate? I think he'll probably rotate quite he- heavily He plays ahead the beat him against standard Liège, Lacassette, Louise, Mustafi. Yeah, all of those reserves, those aged reserves. So um, I fancy us, in terms of standard Liège, I think we'll still win ironically, even though we haven't been doing that lately, um, I can't see us getting anything against City. Even though they're playing poorly, I just think it's probably a step too far right now. We probably needed to be on a three, four game winning run by now for that to be possible. Jim, Man City, uh, Standard Liège on Thursday. Um, Standard Liège on Thursday. Well, we've got to not lose by 5-0. Is that right to qualify? I think he'll play a (laughs) team. Tough task. I, I think he will play some B team, but he's also got that in the back of his mind that he doesn't want to go... All, all Unai Emery v Barcelona on this one. He's got to get us through because that is that is such an important thing for us now. So I think um, I think we'll I think we'll do that one. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, maybe like a narrow win at Liège, and then I think I think was we'll, yeah. I'm with you. Sorry, mate. But I think it's going to be a struggle on Sunday. Well, Arsenal's score prediction is you're pretty safe with a two-two or a two-one. Mm. That's what it's been every game. For we do last game. Two, don't we? I'm yeah. going from three wins from three. We're going to win tonight. We're going to win on Thursday. We're going to beat City on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. In a week. In a week, you and heard then it gonna, first here. You heard it first here. Then we're going to come back and talk about it on Monday. And I'm saying three wins on three because I'm not here next week. But the <laughs> Arsenal fan show is here next week, and we will see you then. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news, and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter.